Good morning. I do greet you in Jesus' name this morning. I didn't look at the Sunday school lesson, but it parallels along with what I'm going to share this morning. So there was some verses or a verse that stood out to me. And I invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, and that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Title that I have is good and evil. You may have seen this plaque or quote, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those that speak it. Destruction is certain for those who call evil good and good evil. Isaiah here was speaking to the people of Judah. They were in exile. They had rebelled against God and refused to get right with Him and they rejected the truth and accepted a lie as truth. The one who chooses evil over good, bitterness over sweetness, will experience a painful consequence of their choice. And the one who chooses God's truth and sweetness will experience His good pleasure. What truly is good? Here's the bedrock. The unchanging truth. Only God is truly good. You probably can hear Dennis saying that. God is good. And I was trying to remember... <clears throat> isn't it doesn't it go God is good all the time and then all the time God is good isn't that how it's supposed to go I wasn't sure if I was my memory was serving me right or not but I think you're supposed to do it in as a uh, echo or whatever <clears throat> do we believe that God is good God alone is good. There is no goodness apart from Him. Being good and unchangeable, He only ever does good. Where His will is done, it cannot be helped, but be good. And whenever someone allows Him to impart His nature of goodness to them, then they, but only to the extent of the nature and to the degree that they live in that nature, they too can become good. God is good because God himself says he is good. The Bible doesn't just say that God does good things. It says that God is good. It's not what he does, it's who he is. And who he is never changes. The world 
of change and inconsistency. He is always constant. He doesn't change. Luke 18, verse 19, we have the story of a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why call thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Jesus asked the question, Why do you call me good? And he points him to his father, God. God is good. And if you remember how that story unfolded, he went down through and he wanted to know, the, the had the question, what? how do I uh, inherit eternal life? And Jesus went through that the, you need to know the commandments. And uh, well, he said, I, I kept all them. I did them from my youth up. But there was one thing that Jesus knew, and that was that he had riches and that he had treasures that he valued that were part of of his world. And he said, you need to get rid of them and you need to sell them and give to the poor. And it says, when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. And then Jesus said, you need to follow me after he told him to give up of his riches. So the question that begs to be asked is this. If God is good, then why is life hard? Jason Jason Heverston says, Life is hard because God is good. In other words, God has intentionally shaped the world in such a way that the effort would be required to accomplish significant change, progress, and renewal. We should never pray away difficulty, but we should embrace it. Discern its purpose and look to Jesus and pray to be made more like him through it. In other words, the difficulty that comes our way We need to accept it and change and be made more like Christ through it and not ask for it to be removed. In this fallen world, we will experience a lot that doesn't feel good. Pain, heartache, disappointment, but that doesn't diminish God's goodness and how much He loves us. In fact, it's those heartaches that remind us of our dependence on Him. Today, if you find yourself struggling to understand the work of God's hand, trust His heart. He is perfect in all His ways. He is good, a good Father, and you are loved by Him. What then is evil? Evil is the opposite of good. 
meaning everything and everyone that opposes good since God alone is good? Did God create evil? He did not create evil. There was no such thing as evil in the origin of creation. If you look at Genesis in the creation account, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, and 10, and 12, 18, 21, 25, after he did his creating, it says, and it was good. Then God created man after his own image, and that was good. But what happened? That there was a tree that was in the garden that God had specific instructions for Adam and Eve to not eat of it. Just one tree. Only one tree. Do you think that tree was beautiful? Was it pleasant to the eyes? Bible tells us it was. Just like sin has its beauty, there may be a satisfaction, an enjoyment, but it'll only be for a short time. What satisfaction did Adam and Eve get from that tree? Well, one is they are now able to know good and evil. There was another tree in the garden, the tree of life. And God, being good, did us a favor by driving man from the garden. Because if man would have eaten of that tree of life, after he had eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he would have been doomed for eternity, never, forever dying. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he be put, and now, lest he put forth his hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turneth away, every, turned, turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. <clears throat> God gave Adam and Eve a free choice. He didn't make robots. He didn't make them to be a robot. How rewarding would it be if we were robots? Or if Adam and Eve would have been a robot? Would have it brought any joy or fellowship to God to be just programmed? That's what a robot is. It's just programmed to do what it's told to do. I could act like a robot, but I don't think I will because I'd probably really mess up. But... Think of us as a family, fathers and mothers and children. Your children would come to you and say, I love you. Does that sound like a robot? No feeling, no 
no connection. God created us as human beings with a free choice to choose. And when we choose what is right, what better and more uh, more uh, can't even think of a word to describe the feelings that go into the relationship that we have with God. Satan, of course, is that being, and he was created as a good angel. But he chose evil, and hence the knowledge of good and evil. What did the good man and the good woman do? They chose to believe, to eat the fruit of Satan's words instead of God's words, and by them came to know evil. And that is how evil came into the world. God didn't create it. It is also how the devil became a god of the world and the dominant influence over the affairs of the world. We, we tell God we love him and we are committed to his plan. That brings extreme glory to God. It's because I give up my desire, my will, and take his way, his path. It's, it's, a, it's a life of, of choosing and following and serving. Ultimately, there will be a reward for that. I heard this illustration given, and I... Pulling from the top of my head because it had been a little bit since I heard it. There was a man who had the privilege of witnessing three deaths of three different people. And this is to illustrate um, God's holiness. The first was a child and he died and went to heaven. Being underage, unaccountable. The second was a drunkard and he went to hell for his lack of knowledge and sin that he had in his life. He did not know God. The third was a philosopher, and he had been told about God's love. And this man said, if God is a God of love, he will not send anybody to hell. This philosopher died, and as he was being escorted out of his life and was falling into the abyss, He said, I knew there was no God. And just like that, his descent was stopped and there was a beam of light. And it came to him and it picked him up. And it started taking taking him to this beautiful place. And as he was going, he said, See, God is a God of love. He won't send anyone to hell. He got to that beautiful city and as he's entering into the through the gates of that city and he sees God sitting on his throne he cannot look on God he sees a holy God and in his response his response is I'm unworthy I'm unworthy I'm unworthy he cries out 
He's trying to find his way back to the gate, and he's running for all he's worth, saying, I am unworthy, I am unworthy, and he falls back into hell. There will be a group of people who will say, Thy will be done, Lord. Then there will be another group of people that will say, that God will say, Thy will be done. See the difference? The God and evil, the good and evil, do not go together. Period. It's a choice. God does not want anybody, anyone, to go to hell. But Satan and his angels are trying to deceive and to strip up Christians, those that follow God. Satan would like us to think that good is evil and evil is good. First John chapter 5 John chapter 5 verse 18 We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself and that wicked one toucheth him not and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true And we are in him that is true, even his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. adversary the devil is like a roaring lion roaming to and fro seeking whom he can devour the Bible uses that language very specifically how good is a lion at hunting when it is roaring I'm I'm told that lions don't roar the only time a lion will roar is when it is sick weak or dying. The devil is not God's evil equal. He is a created being. He is limited in power. He cannot defeat the Lord at anything. He is destined to hell. He is the greatest weapon, the fear of death. His greatest weapon, the fear of death, was destroyed by Jesus on the cross. He is sick, he is wounded, and he is a dead angel walking and his future is hell. Hence the roaring lion. First John four four Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Paraphrase as he who is in the world, he who is in you is greater than he who is after you. 
The devil cannot make you do anything. Neither can the devil take anything from you. The devil cannot steal your joy. If he has your joy, that is because you gave it to him. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us as Christians, and we can be victorious over that evil. 1 John 1.5 God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. 3 John 1.11 He that does good is of God, but he that does evil has not seen God. 1 John 3.8 He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. When Satan was created, he was good. But he yielded himself to pride of self. And evil was formed in him. When man was created, he was good. But having a free choice to choose, he fell for the words of the evil one. Romans 7, chapter, Romans chapter 7. <clears throat> There's going to be a few verses here to read. We'll read Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 18 through the end of the chapter, and then go into the Romans 8. It's just a lot, lot good to, to read here. Romans 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which I, is good I find not. For that the good I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Am I in the right? Yeah, I'm right. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I... That when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin. Continuing on to chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His only Son in the likeness of the sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity between God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they... So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but he, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. 
And if so, be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of the sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. And I'll stop reading there. You see the struggle that takes place between living for self and living for Jesus. Good and evil. As long as we're in this body, we have this dust, this human body, we will have this struggle. But we can have by God's grace and strength and power that we can have His Spirit and life to please Him. Good and evil. In Revelation it talks about the delusion of right and wrong. In uh, 2 Timothy, did I say revolution? Uh, revolution. Revelation. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, <clears throat> it's talking about perilous times shall come. And uh, I'm going to read uh, 2 Timothy 3 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, High-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such to turn away. Then jump over to verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given for inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. Does that sound like a time we live in? A lot of negative stuff. Lovers of themselves, having no form of godliness, good and evil. Understand, back in the ancient times, there was a practice of bringing a young child to be offered as a sacrifice in the arms of an idol. And this happened very normally. And they would...
put this child into these arms and it was a sacrifice. They would burn it alive. And in that ceremony, they also would play loud drums to hide out the child screaming. And this was all good. Nothing wrong with it. Well, for me and you, we feel that's terrible. Of course it's terrible. According to the WHO, every year in the world today, there is an estimated of 40 to, 40 to 50 million abortions. This corresponds to approximately 125,000 abortions per day. And this is all done in the name of women's health and rights. Does this sound similar? Yes, good and evil. I use that as an example, and I know that's not something that we probably struggle with. But I'll be honest with you that the nature of the abortion probably doesn't have the the appalling or the uh, repulsiveness maybe as like the first story that I example that I gave but it should Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 God says I have set before you life and death blessing and curse Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. In Matthew chapter 13, we have the story or the account or the parable of this man that went out and sowed good seed in his field. And there was an enemy that came and he sowed tares in that field as well. And if you remember how it went, the wheat and the tares came up and the servant said, do you want me to go out and to get rid of those tares? But he said no, because if you go out to dig up the tares, you're going to disrupt those little wheat or whatever crop those little plants their roots you're going to uproot them and you're going to do more harm than good at the time of harvest I will send my reapers and they will first gather the tares and they will bind them up in bundles and they'll burn them and then they'll gather the wheat into my barn the picture there is we're in a world where evil and good abounds There is going to be a day where there will be a separation. Psalms 40, verse 4. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Romans 10, 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hebrews 3, 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in you any in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from a living God. When everything is boiled down, 
This is the essence of everything in life. It can be it can be divided into two categories. As God's people, let's keep our conscience pure and clean so that we can know what is good and evil and do not have to become confused and distorted. Satan can come as an angel of light and he can come as a counterfeit and it can be hard to sometimes recognize. Have you ever seen a $70 bill? No. Why would you counterfeit a $70 bill when there's no $70 bill? You'll counterfeit a $100 bill or a $20 bill. You have to do something that's original. So my point is, Satan can confuse us with good and evil. And then there is destruction. All the more reason, as Christians, that we need the armor of God so that we can fight the good fight.